Hello, and thanks for joining us for the Education Doctor Radio Show. I'm your host, Dr. Pamela Ellis. The Education Doctor Radio Show is your family source for educational excellence. Our program is brought to you by Compass Education Strategies, where I'm the principal consultant, and our mantra is Access, Thrive, Graduate. You can learn more about our firm at www.compasseducationstrategies.com. Thanks to all of our listeners who are listening today. We appreciate you taking the time to listen to this program. If you're listening to a podcast of the program, we also want to thank you for joining in. For future show updates and ongoing relevant education news, please join our Facebook community by searching for The Education Doctor, then clicking like. You can also find us on Twitter at The Education Doc. And one of the new exciting places that we are right now is we've recently um, joined the Foursquare community with the page there since we travel around all the time visiting campuses. We have a great show lined up for you today, and I realize that I say that every week, and that's because every week is true. We really do have a great show. Now, this show is the fourth in our series on special topics for high school juniors. We've talked about campus visits, the SAT, ACT, and AP, and today we're talking about a topic that is top of mind for many high school students and juniors especially. It's how to choose the right colleges for you or for me if you're saying it to yourself. Now, you will note that I said colleges instead of college singular, and that's because I do want to dispel the myth that there is only one college for a student because it adds too much stress to the process if you think there's only one. There are about 3,800 colleges and universities in the U.S., and there are steps that students can follow to determine which colleges could be right for them to apply. And the other data point or research that I want to insert here is that studies have found that the breakdown in college graduation happens in the application process. So it really behooves students and families to think through this process of choosing the right colleges in an informed and strategic way. And although there are many parents who listen to our show, I want to just state up front that the you in the title does refer to the students. And it's no offense to my listening parents because you know that I love you and I know that you're doing a great job. The parents can help, but they must be careful about not doing and actually choosing which colleges where their son or daughter will apply. And I do realize that the parents are footing the bill but this process of choosing the right colleges that will be a fit starts with the student. Our guest today is Marty O'Connell, who is Executive Director of Colleges That Change Lives. And she has served in college admissions for 28 years, most recently as Vice President for Enrollment and Dean of Admission at McDaniel College, which is in Maryland. Now she has devoted herself to the Colleges That Change Lives mission, which is helping students and families 
better understand the college admissions process to find the best college fit possible. Before we get started and bring Marty on, I want to make sure that our listeners have our contact information. Even though I know that there are several listeners on, many times you don't call in, and that's okay because I'm still going to give you the number anyway. Our call-in number is 714-333-3356, and our switchboard is located in sunny Southern California, but I am broadcasting live from Dayton, Ohio. Now, in addition to our call-in number, which is 714-333-3356, you may also email us at radio at compasseducationstrategies.com. I will take a short break, about 30 seconds, and then we'll come back with Marty O'Connell to discuss how to choose the right colleges for you. This is the Education Doctor Radio Show brought to you by Compass Education Strategies. I'm back now to talk with Marty O'Connell, who is Executive Director of Colleges That Change Lives. Marty, thank you so much for joining us on the Education Doctor Radio. How are you? Thanks. Pamela, I'm happy to be here and happy to have a chance to speak to your audience about this important topic. That's great. I really appreciate you taking the time from your schedule to discuss this with us because there are so many students out there and families, I should say, who are daunted by this whole process and how to get started with selecting the colleges where they may want to apply. So, Marty, I'd like you to start if you can just tell us a little bit about how you got involved with um, this organization and its mission. Can you tell us a little bit about that to get us started? I'd be happy to do that. I served for 16 years as the Dean of Admissions and Vice President for Enrollment at McDaniel College, which is a private liberal arts college in Westminster, Maryland. And McDaniel was one of the schools profiled in the book Colleges That Changed Lives by author Lauren Pope, who was the former education editor of the New York Times. Through our affiliation and uh, being in the book, I was able to get to know Mr. Pope personally, and he accompanied Colleges That Changed Lives as we provided programming around the country and did college tours. And during those decades of getting to know Mr. Pope, when it was time to uh, decide whether or not we should really take the next move and become a nonprofit organization and go beyond the scope of the book, um, I was happy to be able to step into that role. And um, unfortunately, in the years since that, Mr. Pope has passed away. Um, what your listeners might not know is that this is a gentleman who was so passionate about higher education that at the age of 80, he wrote his first book, Looking Beyond the Ivy League, and then followed that with mm. Colleges That Changed Lives. So we wow. wanted to make sure as a group that this um, idea did not pass along with Mr. Pope and that we could continue to help families think about the best way to approach the college search process. Wow. And so in how many years um, did he live after the book had been published? He, um, the first edition of um, Colleges That Changed Lives uh, came out in the early 90s, and the last edition was published in 2007, and then he um, passed away three years ago. So wow. He had a long affiliation with us, and we're just very happy to be able to continue this message and this work. Yeah, yeah. Now, the original 40 colleges that were in the book, has that changed over time? Or, I mean, do those colleges still fit the characteristics um, 
that were originally described in the book, pretty much? Right, this is a very common question. And so from the first edition of the book to the third, the colleges did change as Mr. Pope updated the book. In some cases it was because, um, and he did not ask the colleges if they were interested in being part of the book. He did his research and then made the decisions about which colleges would be included. And some of the colleges were not interested in um, the mission and the message. They decided that it was important for them to go after, for example, um, a selective SAT profile, and that didn't fit with, with what Lauren Pope was speaking about. And so those were included as he moved forward and updated the uh, two editions after the first one. Um, the mm -hmm. purpose of the nonprofit that evolved, um, Colleges That Change Lives, ctcl.org, goes beyond uh, what the book is about and tries really to ask uh, the broader questions about um, how to do the college search process and how to get at this question of fit. Um, however, mm -hmm. the um, update of the book in 2007 uh, still allowed those colleges to have their information accurate, and um, even the 40 existing colleges from that that are part of the nonprofit organization, their updated information is still included at ctcl.org. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so there's no plans to, for instance, add any more colleges to it, the group that you work with currently? Well, the, the, I, the main philosophy we have is that this is not about trying to provide an extensive listing of liberal arts colleges around the country. And as you noted mm -hmm. at the start of the program, there are thousands of choices for students. So um, this is to give students an example of 40 and hope that then by looking at the questions that we think are important in the beginning chapters of the book and on our website, that they can then use that as a jumping off point in order to approach this process in a way that actually is quite different than what uh, normally as a culture and society we go about um, looking as we make these college choices. Um, too mm -hmm. often this process is approached by looking at name brand schools and rankings and the fear that if I haven't heard of a college, it might not be any good, and that's what starts mm -hmm. to raise this anxiety level. If everyone mm -hmm. concentrates on fewer than 100 colleges in the country, we start to have a number of applications in a pool that starts to develop the stress that students feel, oh, no, I'm not going to get in anywhere. So really the purpose mm -hmm. of this is to provide a starting point and then to give these 40 examples. Um, in fact, the family of Mr. Pope is going to um, continue his legacy by updating the book, um, and they're using a writer at the current time who's uh, canvassing the country doing this, and it may be indeed that there will be additional colleges included when the next edition comes out. Hmm. Okay, great. Marty, well, one of the things where I'd like to, you know, just focus more of our conversation is if you could actually talk about, you know, those steps for finding the right colleges. I mean, you mentioned how, you know, students may often just start with the brand names or what I've found and certainly what some of the research has shown is oftentimes students may just pick a college based on location only or something that their friends said or perhaps because their parents went to school there, they figure that's, you know, where they should go. But it's really about, you know, thinking about those steps um, in this process. And if I know that you've written about that, if you can kind of start with sharing those steps, that would Absolutely. be great. In fact, in a culture that is also largely athletically driven, there are often students who are starting their search by what they know about colleges that they've seen uh, during the final four of basketball and football yeah. seasons and things like that. 
<laughs> or sometimes even the college colors, which is definitely not a, the best way in order to choose the college. But what students really should start with is the very basic question is, why are they going to start with? Now, too often this process begins with, let's make the list of colleges instead of taking the step back and saying, who am I? Why am I going uh -huh. to college? How do I best learn? What's my learning style? What are my strengths and weaknesses? You know, what do I think I want out of life? How socially self-sufficient am I? Do I need the support of my family? Am I more independent? These kinds of questions are really the important ones to start with prior to making the list because the fit that we talk about has to be with the student's interest and ability and skill set and then with what the college attributes are. And, and to tell mm -hmm. you the truth, very infrequently does this come up with these kinds of questions. It's always, let's find the rankings and make our list. So once the student starts with that and has these questions in mind about who they are and why they're going, then I think they do um, need to begin to ask about um, some of the attributes of the college. Um, often students mm -hmm. have an idea of a subject in mind, an academic area of major that they're interested in, and that's a good way to narrow down. Um, but for many students, they are undecided as to what to study and what they want to be when they grow up. And many adults still haven't figured that out, in fact. And so there's, mm -hmm. a, there's another way to go about this. So sometimes it's with size. Um, often it's with location. I encourage mm -hmm. students to go to a site like College Navigator, the U.S. Department mm -hmm. of Ed site that allows them to filter colleges. And I say to them, start to draw a radius that would be four hours from your home and do a geographic mm -hmm. filter and look at all mm -hmm. of the colleges within four hours of your home. And often that is far more than what students ever imagined would be there. They, they have no idea what's actually close to them. For other students, they say, I want to go as far away from home as possible, and that's fine. So let's get yeah. in that imaginary airplane and fly from coast to coast and stop in the middle mm -hmm. of the country and then look at what colleges are available that way. Another mm -hmm. uh, way of choosing that makes parents uncomfortable but works quite well for students, and I call it the ultimate Frisbee search, is to use those same filters and begin searching by an, an activity or a co-curricular interest that they have. This might be then drama or music. It may be athletics. It may be something like a club activity like Ultimate Frisbee. It may be singing in an a cappella group, and you can actually narrow down colleges by activities. And now, why do you say that that's um, scary for parents if students are taking this, as you call it, Frisbee approach of basing it on activities? I think parents are very concerned that since the main goal of going to college is to get an excellent academic education, their worry is if you're choosing by something that has nothing to do with academic major, are we going down the wrong path here and presenting that college is going to be all about fun. And the reality is that a student, once they're in college, will be pursuing an academic activity and they also will be having a full life with other activities that they'll be doing outside of their classes. And this is mm -hmm. what helps actually with retaining a student when they are very interested in the life of the college. And that will be both the life of the mind as well as the other activities they'll be involved with. So narrowing down by activities and saying, um, having students say to themselves, what would I be really disappointed about if I couldn't do it once I land in that college? Sometimes it's mm -hmm. writing for the student newspaper or being involved in student government. And they need right. to find out if those opportunities are available and also how soon they might be able to be involved. Um, students are often disappointed if they land someplace and find out that they're going to be pushed out of the way by upper-class students and it's going to take them a few years before they can get involved in activities. 
for other students, that's fine. They're willing to wait. And that goes back to that personality component fit um, combined mm -hmm. with what they think they might like to do. You know, I want to interrupt you there um, for a minute, Marty, because I think that you have a couple more steps um, in this process in terms of, you know, choosing the right college. I have a call that I'm going to take on the line. It's from 765, which I think is Richmond, Indiana. And I know that Earlham, which is one of the colleges that's featured in the book, is in that area. So I'm going to um, add someone else. Um, is this 765 on the line? Yes, yes, it is. Yes, and are you calling from Earlham by chance? Yes, I am. Okay, great. Um, I'm glad you called, and since we have Marty on the line as well, one of the things that we were just talking about, Marty, you had mentioned how students should look perhaps within a four-hour radius as a start for looking broadly at what's available to them as far as the colleges. And I'm based out of Dayton, and I don't think, I know when I visited Earlham, there weren't as many um, students that come from the Dayton area in terms of looking at a college that's pretty close by. And so I would be happy to hear from our representative at Earlham to talk about, you know, how the admissions um, trends have changed since you've been part of colleges that changes lives, that change lives. Okay. Um, well, hi, this is Susan Hillman de Castaneda. I'm Associate Dean of Admissions mm -hmm. at Earlham College. Hi, Marty. Hi, <laughs> and, Susan. Um, how are you? Hi, I'm fine, thank you. I'm fine. Well, I... I hesitate because I, I haven't been actually um, a part of the whole um, Colleges That Change Lives work on campus, but I, um, Nancy Sinix does that, and Jeff Rickey, the dean and the director of admissions. But mm -hmm. I would say that the interest has definitely gone up as Earlham has participated in the college fairs that the Colleges That Change Lives organize around the United States. And mm -hmm. So students who are looking for just that type of college that's written about in the book are able to attend the fairs in many parts in the United States throughout the year and have had a chance to speak with our representatives at the college fairs. So that has brought a possibility for students to speak directly with a representative, learn more about the mm -hmm. college, and then plan a visit to the campus. So it really right. has increased our... A visibility in many parts mm -hmm. around the United States. Okay. Marty, do you mind continuing with the next steps after? Thank you, Susan. Do You're you welcome. mind continuing with the next steps in the process for students around finding Absolutely. those colleges? I think, I think what they have to do after they um, start to ask the questions that I talked about and, mm -hmm. and doing some of this narrowing down by filters is that they need to. Um, make the time to do this well, and that is a huge part of this process. Students and parents alike tell yeah. me what worries them is that they just don't have sufficient time in their life to be able to do this college search process well. And mm -hmm. I understand it. I went through this three times with my own children, and I do absolutely understand when you have students who are already busy that layering this on yeah. makes it difficult. I encourage families to put to actually write on their calendar or electronic calendar, wherever they keep what they mm -hmm. do, 
all week long, a spot. And I and my family, we used Sunday nights at 7.30 when my children were going through this. And that was our time when we wrote college search process and set everything else aside. And just mm-hmm. as making time to go to an athletic activity or or anything to do with theater and music, we put that down. Mm-hmm. And that was the only way the time was going to be set aside to begin to read the brochures, to get on college websites and spend a good 30 minutes on each one, clicking through, reading the blogs that the students write, taking a virtual tour, really understanding what colleges are putting forward as the activities that are happening. And very quickly, students and their parents will be able to, to discern the different personalities of each campus and what is important as they carry out right. their educational mission. So I think it's a great way, and it's also a money saver because students tell mm-hmm. me that after doing this, they often decide, you know, this wasn't what I thought it was, and I'm not going to exactly. spend money on a plane ticket to travel to, to this college, but I did find another one once I made the time to really learn more about the state campus. Yeah. I think in addition to that, um, the students can ask questions of admissions officers by going to those websites and determining mm-hmm. who is the person that is going to read the application and be traveling to their area. Uh, mm-hmm. Students don't often do this, and they can find out that there is a, a hotel 15 minutes away where a presentation is taking place about a college that might be four or five or six or more hours away. And by mm-hmm. being part of that prospective student database, because they filled out the card, or by sending an email to the admission officer that reads the application for their area, they're going to have an opportunity to meet that person, get their questions asked, which is really what's going to help narrow the list down and help them as they try to determine fit. Mm-hmm. Now, how important do you think it is to actually set foot on the campus, though, in terms of really getting a sense for the fit and whether or not that's a place where you want to spend four years after high school? It's a critical part of the process because so often what um, does come into the house as far as brochures, it it is marketing. There's no doubt about it. And Mm -hmm. it's difficult to be able to ascertain everything else about an institution until you physically set foot on the campus. Um, Some students do this and immediately they can say to you, this is the place for me. They often say, I fell in love as soon as I got to the campus. And yet Mm -hmm. you can take two best friends and have them go on campus visits together, and one will say, I hate this place, and found the campus that they absolutely love. And that has to do with a gut feeling. And students Mm -hmm. sometimes deny this gut feeling of theirs, but it's a really important part of determining the best fit for them. So those campus visits are important. Uh, Sometimes it's an organized visit by the admissions office, which you can find out about by, again, going to those campus Mm -hmm. uh, college websites. And other times families simply uh, include it when they do vacations. And if a college Mm -hmm. happens to be along the way, they'll spend the time to take a quick walking tour through a campus, especially if you have students that are sophomores and early in their junior year, it's a good way to say, geez, I, mm-hmm. I never thought about this place, and this might be really good for me. Um, the campus visit yeah. lets you know about the physical aspect of the campus, and it also allows mm-hmm. you, if you're there when other students are there, to look around at the student body and say, are these the kinds of people that I think I can spend my time with? Right, right. Um, Susan, did you have a um, some insight that you wanted to share in terms of the campus visits and how they've made a difference for students who are interested in Earlham? 
Well, exactly what Marty was saying there, it's it really is a critical part of the process. Mm-hmm. That you can read beautiful words on a piece of paper or on a website, but to really experience the feelings on the campus, sort of the ethos of the campus, it really is important to spend some time and spend it well, have questions prepared, meet with professors if that's an opportunity, stay overnight if that's an opportunity. And I know mm-hmm. it's a little bit scary for high school students to to do that, to say, oh, but I'm just a high school student. But there are ways <laughs> to prepare yourself to really take advantage of that opportunity. Many schools give um, student-led tours, so you have a chance to ask the students who are currently at the school, right. what is it really like here? What do you most like? What don't you mm-hmm. like about it? And And if they do their job well, they'll be honest with the students so that the families really have an opportunity to gauge for themselves what life is like on that campus. Yep. I had a question that was emailed in earlier. Uh, Marty, it's more of a question directed to you. Thank you, Susan. Um, Mm -hmm. This is from Janice in Chicago, and she said, can you talk at all about Antioch College? They were one of your featured colleges. However, there have been some changes there, and they are starting over again so with that being said, how do you justify keeping them as part of the list if their culture and characteristic is still yet to be determined with an all-new class of students entering? Well, the what uh, Lauren Pope wrote about the original mm-hmm. philosophy of Antioch is going to stay true, um, how they then continue to, to uh, use that mission in a new way as they have a new leadership, um, that certainly uh, will be different. But I think the, the, the bottom line, the mission, the ethos of the institution is going to continue to be what it was and what Lauren Pope wrote about. And he was a person who was a real champion of Antioch and felt that um, this was a place that would allow students to um, ask questions and explore and pull together not only an on-campus academic experience but an internship experience that would really allow them um, to make a difference. And he, he actually stated that he felt there was no college or university in the country that makes a more profound difference in a young person's life and creates more effective adults than Antioch does. And I certainly think that that's what they're aiming to do um, as they have the opportunity now um, to reopen and rebuild with a new leadership team. So we're still very excited to have them as part of the membership of our nonprofit organization. Okay, great. So this wraps up our show for today. Um, We had Marty O'Connell, who's Executive Director of Colleges That Change Lives, join us, as well as Susan Hillman DeCastaneda from Earlham College in Richmond, Indiana, called in. So we want to thank both of you for calling in. Marty, if you can share your contact information, um, your website, and then also for Susan, if you could share information for our listeners on reaching Earlham, that would be great. Colleges That Change Lives can be found at CTCL, or Colleges That Change Lives, ctcl.org. And there are lots of resource links for parents and for students, as well as a link for each of the 40 colleges that are part of our membership. Okay. And And for Earlham... Mm-hmm. And for Earlham, you can find it at Earlham, that's E-A-R-L-H-A-M, dot E-D-U on the web. And just to plug, we do have a summer program for high school students, students after ninth, 10th or 11th grade. Two weeks on campus in a dorm, take a class and get two college credits that are transferable. So that's another wonderful way to get to know a campus. 
Okay, great. Thank you both. We have some great shows coming up for you on the Education Doctor Radio, and we'll continue to bring you information that's both strategic and practical for educational success. Please listen for how you can join our online community where you can get announcements, show updates, and great information on K-12 education and college admissions. We'd love to have you join us.